Greetings! Welcome once again to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. We've got one hell of a show this week. My guests are Lindsay Leonard and Randy Wood, better known as Kenzie Kensington and Chloe Bluntzer-Hurst from the comedy show Super Famous that I sometimes perform with. I've been wanting to get these guys on the show for a while, and we finally made it work for my anniversary, my 10th episode. Uh, So, my God, 10 episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening and sticking with me. Uh, Audience is getting bigger every week. It's really exciting, and this episode is one of the best yet. So as you listen to this episode, you're going to hear us talk about recording a track called Be Cool. We recorded that earlier in the evening before we recorded this podcast, and I'm going to include that as a special treat at the end of the episode and it's fucking rad. You're going to love it. We're releasing a music video for it on September 17th, which is the day that we're performing at the Pocket Theater for Sketchfest. And before that, we're performing at Bumbershoot on September 7th. So you got two more chances to see uh, Super Famous. So let's get some intro music, and let's jump into this awesome episode. Here we go. I don't like science. Oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's as loud as it's gonna get. Uh, I'll not do that again. Okay. It's, all right. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounded great. Um. Do you wanna? Do you wanna start as Kenzie and? Cl- I feel like we should start with just you as you, and then we'll like ask to talk to Kenzie and. Cl- okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I like say, that. So I'm there. I've only done one podcast. I did it with Anthony. And uh, Hans Kim, of all people. Nice. It was actually very interesting, but like, I, so I, you lead it. Okay. And we'll just, well, let's fucking do it. <laughs> okay. Um, welcome to Sci Fi with Jesse Mercury. Today I'm Yay. here. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Today I'm here with uh, Randy Wood and Lindsay Leonard. Thank who, you. With for their, us. with their powers combined, are. Super famous. Super famous. Uh, Kenzie Kensington and Chloe Bluntzerhurst, mm-hmm. which is a comedy show that I am also a part of. I play music for yes. and mm-hmm. perform with. He's brilliant. Yep. I'm fucking brilliant. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you heard him say it. He's yeah. a wizard. Uh, we were actually just working on our new track for the new show. Called Be Cool. Called Be Cool. It's pretty sick. It's pr- it's it's sick. it's the sickest. <laughs> it's um, ill. And then I convinced you guys to podcast right after. Uh-huh. Yep. So we've been going. hard at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to relax with the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. So, Randy, you said something at at rehearsal the other day that I thought was just the best idea for a podcast theme, which was that you are just sick of science fiction and I, mm-hmm. and you're just like not interested in science fiction. And as someone who has a sci-fi podcast, I was like, let's podcast about that. Cause, yeah. Cause it, ex- it, it excites me because it's so foreign and weird to me and like alien. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about it. Well, like when I was a kid, I was just, that's, Oh my God. When I, I saw star Wars when it came out. So I was seven or eight and I was just in love with it. And I remember my, when I was 10, 
my brother and I just randomly catching Doctor Who on PBS and being like, what is this? And being enthralled, like the old Doctor Who. From the, Which from Doctor segment. was it at that point? Tom Baker. So it's from like the long scarf and everything. Okay. <laughs> and we're just like, oh my God, what is this? And like, I love Star Trek and like anything science fiction I loved. And I was a total science fiction nerd until... I don't know, maybe my early twenties, you know? And like when I was like my kid, when I was in my teens, we would tape on VHS, every doctor who I would label them. And I, we would go to doctor who conventions. There's pictures of me with a scarf. I would have parties with like a cake in the shape of a TARDIS. Like I was super nerded out about it. And, um, it's not that I don't care about science fiction, but I think as I've gotten older, when I was younger, I think there was more like the fantasy of, you know, like Star Wars, like, oh my God, I I want to be in the Millennium Falcon. I want to be Han Solo. That's awesome. I want to be cruising around. But as I got older, I think one thing that really disillusioned for me was um, the astronaut, I forget her name, but that drove across country to chase down her ex-husband. Oh, yeah. And she was mm-hmm. wearing a diaper. And I, remember I thought the same thing that everyone else was, was like, astronauts were diapers so that, like that didn't hit me i was like oh my god actually going into space the reality of it is pretty yeah, brutal and not mm-hmm. fun at all yeah uh johnny unicorn wrote a really intense song about that uh-huh. um, oh. that exact occurrence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh yeah like this astronaut who something about going into space like drove her insane yeah kira did a a solo piece about that oh, too. Really? astronauty it was really good astronauty it's yeah it's wonderful that's amazing who's well kira? you know she kira narice from deep space nine no no no, 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 no. <laughs> she's a, she's kira that's McDonald, how we met we threw her class oh uh, yeah she she uh kira McDonald, a solo performance class at uh at cornish and she does all all kinds of stuff around town Anyway, to go to go back to your thing about um, science fiction, it's not that I hate science fiction. It's just when I was younger, that was my only genre that I was yeah. interested in. So this person going through this experience disillusioned you because it maybe took away some of the magic. Because in your mind, going into space was this like incredible magical thing, and then someone who actually did it lost their mind, and that was frightening. And uh, I mean, that's like one of those it. things that you like you think about it. And you're like, oh, but I mean, it's it's more than just that. I mean, it, you think about like. Like the Millennium Falcon, they're flying around, and there's a floor that you stick to, and there's like it's yeah. like being on an airplane. You know, it's not like actually going into space and you're floating around. And I think as I get older, the stuff that I'm interested in is relationships between people mm-hmm. because that mystifies me. I think anything with science fiction or even history, it's all speculation, like what really happened or what will happen. But even just like the three of us talking right now, like how do humans communicate? What makes humans tick? That fascinates me. So any any science fiction that that taps into that, I'm really fascinated by it. Like yeah. uh, her, I thought such a good movie. I haven't seen that yet. It's a great movie. Or um, my brother and my nephew and I saw um, uh, Interstellar, and I, I have mixed feelings on it. But I walked out of the movie, and my nephew was like, "Well, if there's a wormhole in space, and they created it, like, how did they get to it? Like, he was really stuck on the <laughs> the technical aspects of it." And then I was like, you know what? I took that movie as an allegory about love. That's what that movie's about. It's, I haven't seen that It's yet not about either. religion. Mm-hmm. It's about love and human relationships. And that's yeah. what makes it powerful. My brother was kind of in the middle. Between that's exactly what I love about science fiction is that I, I think that all science fiction, to me, the definition of science fiction has to include some sort of allegory in it. Because if it's just going off in space and having an adventure, it's more on the fantasy side 
than the than the sci-fi side. I don't know. I, I feel like this is a hard thing to explain. Because when, when you look at Star Wars, I consider Star Wars to be more of a fantasy story than a sci-fi story. Right, because it's more about like space magic. It's space magic. It's yeah. the hero's oh, yes. journey in space. The hero's space journey magic. is like a like the classic monomyth. It's more of of a fantasy thing. Uh-huh. Um, and Star Wars is basically that monomyth put in space. Does that make it science fiction? Not necessarily. There are science fiction elements in Star Wars. The idea of like you know, all of these sort of humanoid societies who are spread across the galaxy, who are, um, like, just the, their way of life being different because they're spread across the galaxy, that's very sci-fi to huh. me. Like, sci-fi to me is, is more concept and, uh, like, putting humans in a different environment so that the, the basic humanity changes and then examining how that changes, and in so doing, you examine the human condition. But I feel mm-hmm. like if you're not examining the human condition, it's not necessarily science fiction but i don't even know if that's i don't know i, I don't know if that's like accepted as being yeah. true or not i don't know what do you think this is in- this is interesting because because and now i'm thinking like oh wow star wars just happens to be set in space and so i've always filed it as science fiction but now i'm thinking like yeah but it could be set anywhere else and still be essentially the same story and i yeah. just think about it as science fiction because it's set in space yeah maybe um yeah and and maybe it's not any more science fiction than lord of the rings and then you you start talking about like well what is what is science and what is fiction i mean like there's science in lord of the rings like they use um i don't know catapults and and herbs right that's science <laughs> yeah. yeah i think uh huh Maybe the defining factor would be technology. Like, how is... Like, high technology rather than any technology at all? But well, you're right. In future in Star future Wars technology. In, like, Star right. Wars but Star Wars like isn't even necessarily like, the future. It's right. actually the past. It's the past. Yes, exactly. And in that way, I almost feel like George Lucas was trying to say this is a fantasy story. Like, this is a fantasy on, on who knows what. Because it's not necessarily human beings. I mean, Han Solo is a Corellian from... Uh, from this other planet, like Leia's from Alderaan, uh, you know, Luke is from Tatooine. Well, Leia's not really from Alderaan, but that's yeah. whatever. She grew up on Alderaan, and her parents were Alderanian. I don't know. They're Iranian. <laughs> They're Iranian They're from Muslim. Alderaan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it's an allegory about Muslims. Right. Like, Bail Organa looks like a human being. He's he's Alderanian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel weird saying that word. Alderanian. I'm going to own it. He's Alderanian. Uh, He's Persian. And he looks human. But in the Star Wars universe, there is no... Uh, no one ever really says these are humans, ever. You right. Know? It's just... It's a fantasy. It's like all these different people that look human, but it doesn't matter because it's a fantasy. Uh, and what matters is the Force, and what matters is you know Yoda being a badass. What matters is Luke discovering like this hero inside of himself. That makes me wonder, like, oh, wow, I wonder... I wonder how much that was a choice to be like, oh, yeah, these ones are humans. Or, like, these ones we're not going to put in, like, heavy alien makeup. Yeah. Because they could have done everyone up like aliens. And maybe it was just because, like, oh, if these are the main characters, it's going to make them more relatable to human audiences uh, who are buying tickets. And That's so true. And and, and you don't have to worry about doing all of that makeup and spending all of that time putting it on. That's a huge problem in in sci-fi. 
Um, all that being said, I do think that Star Wars is still has like major sci-fi elements. Right. So I do, it, yeah. you can consider it sci-fi. I do think mm-hmm. it's like a sci-fi fantasy. I don't think it's just not sci-fi at all. It would have been really cool if everyone looked like a crazy alien. Yeah, totally. Sure. Well, and I've read articles about how people in, in Hollywood don't make main characters aliens because they think they're less relatable. Yeah. And I think that it would do a world of good for the race relations on our own planet if we would do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the the one movie that I can think of off the top of my head that uh, did that recently incredibly well was District 9. Have you guys seen District 9? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, you have Vickis, like, turning into an alien, and then his alien friend, who's very relatable, and some of the best CG I can remember seeing, where you really believe this character, you know, proving that CG's not the enemy. It's, like, right. the way that it's used as the enemy. Mm-hmm. When you see a movie like that, where they use it really well, uh, and that that character, I can't remember that the alien's name in the movie because I have terrible so long. Um, but he's I mean, he's very relatable. He's trying to save his son. He's trying to make a better world for his son. Sure, and he is the refugees. Yeah, the mm-hmm. refugees, and he is in many ways one of two or the, main the characters. Townships. I mean, that's the South African analogy. Yeah, and and I've heard too about that. Like, there's in South Africa, like white South Africans versus. Black South South Africans, how they view that movie is very different. Really? In yeah. what way? Oh, I just briefly heard this thing, and I think white South Africans are like it's science fiction, and black South Africans are like, yeah, this is like township bullshit <laughs> that we had to deal with. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so proof that it's a great movie. I sure, think. if it's a discussion piece, yeah. yeah. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. So you were saying the other day that you're. Your interest in sci-fi has kind of waned over the years. Sure, I mean, it's. I think as I've just gotten older, I like I'm yeah. interested in different things more. So what but you're may- saying is maybe when I was heart, younger, it might your have heart been... has hardened, and you are my heart <laughs> is a rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's a coal. Um, <laughs> I think as you know, actually, I think what you said earlier, maybe it's not science fiction. It's just more like um, when I was younger, it's like the fantasy, what I wanted out of it. It's like. Hmm. You know, when you're a kid and you see Superman, like, yeah, if I was Superman, like, I could fucking bend shit, you know, and do this made out of steel and blah. And as I get older, I'm like, I want to, um, having been through more, you know, human, different types of experiences where just everyday humans come together and can't communicate or figure things out, like, that's what's interesting to me. And, like, like that's why I mentioned the movie Her which is so fascinating to me about that is like, um, yeah, it's Scarlett Johansson's voice, but it's a computer program and she doesn't have eyes. You never see her. She's just this program. And, um, and she evolves throughout the movie. I don't want to ruin anything for you if you haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen it. It's good. I, Okay, so we can. What did you? You didn't like it? I didn't like it. No, the whole time I was just like, "What are you doing, man? Like, you've got this like cool friend who like on and off seems like she's kind of into you, and I know you guys have a history, but I'm like way more interested in that Mm -hmm. than I am about what's going on with your, um, well, see, whatever. But that's interesting, right there, to me. Like, just the fact that like there's a movie where it's science fiction, and that you can be like invested. Like, I almost think like any movie or story where you get rooted into a side, like. Right. Like when I saw but Three the... Sisters, the, uh, uh, what, what's this? Oh, Anton Chekhov. Yeah, and like, you know, there's that thing like, why don't you go with this person? Like, I feel like any good player movie, you should be rooting. You should want to get yeah. up in the theater and yell, be like, what is wrong with you, you know? I guess, yeah, I guess I never really thought about it that way. 
the whole time I was watching, I was just like, I hate this. And <laughs> and also, I think something about the color palette and how everything looked like it was from a like 1960s. a J Crew catalog. Oh. You know, like <laughs> oh, everyone's in pastels and their hair's just a little bit messy. And I don't I, something about that really irked me. Hmm. And it also seemed like everyone's like. Like white and upper middle class, and everything's right. really clean. Yeah, like, the, actually, I don't know. I, I'll this, say this... that about science fiction is that like um, a lot of times I see stuff that it's, it's way too white. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm just gonna say everyone here's white. Yeah, uh, but, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, not by no, choice. That might be choice. No, we're cool. <laughs> we're cool. We're cool white people. Um, but like, I remember if, watching. If there is such a thing. <laughs> oh, we're we're awesome. We're pretty um, great. But watching the movie 2001, which is a great movie, but yeah. it, it takes it's made in the late 60s and it's projecting a, a future in 2001. It's all male and it's all white. And that, that's yeah. not the reality of the space program in 2001. It doesn't even it doesn't take an account for these social progresses. It only takes an account for these technical technological like, oh, we'll yeah. have a space station. Maybe I but. think this is that the root of that is a Hollywood problem, not necessarily yeah. a, a, a genre problem. I think that. Hollywood, but Hollywood is, made the genres, so it's. I mean, well, sci- sci-fi has a long literary history before right, you get to Hollywood. Right, that's true. Actually, you know, widely considered to be the first sci-fi novel is Frankenstein by Marcus Mary Shelley. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah because it is. It's like science fiction. Yeah. Although most people consider that a horror genre, and we were talking totally. about this the other day. Were we talking about this? I said, "What's the difference between horror?" And thriller, right? We were talking about this, yeah, yeah. because like, the movie No Country for Old Men, uh, the Coen Brothers movie, um, I think most people would consider it a thriller. But I'm like, that's a fucking horror movie. Like, it, it's a lot of blood. It's a lot mm. of like this, this like dude that's after you that is unstoppable. Maybe not even a human being. And and to me, that's like that's a horror movie. So like, I haven't what? seen this either, but now I want to. Oh, really? it's it's listening I, to you guys talk about movies I haven't seen is actually me. really entertaining. Me. I, 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 um, <laughs> that that movie, I love the Coen Brothers, and that was yeah, that's a hard one because it's so it's it's brutal. And, I love the Coen Brothers too. I mean, yeah. I've and, their first movie, Blood Simple, was great. A thriller, yeah. yeah, it was really really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, like Big Lebowski mm-hmm. is awesome. Raising Arizona. Mm. I haven't seen Raising Arizona. Oh my god! Uh, Everyone says they hate Nicolas Cage. I'm like, watch Raising Arizona. Come on, yeah. you can't. How can you hate Nicolas Cage? Nicolas Cage has done some great stuff, but then he's also like the bees, the bees, like in Wicker oh, Man, man. <laughs> which I haven't seen, but I've only seen the the YouTube compilation of him screaming in that movie. It's oh, awesome. Man. Nick, yeah, I watched that whole movie because I loved the original Wicker Man, and I was like, oh, I want to see how they redid it, and I still love the original Wicker Man. I've seen. How was how was the new one? I. Was it as stupid as the YouTube video made it look? I yeah, I don't know. It just seemed tonally it was so different from the old one, which is like, okay, I get it. Like if you're going to remake a movie, what's the point of doing it if you're going to remake the same movie? Yeah. But I think that the old one tapped into this really really like interesting and and special and like rich feeling world mm. that the new one wasn't really able to recreate. And I get that it was a different world, but it just didn't feel like it had the same amount of texture. Because the new one wasn't supposed to take place in America, like in the San Juans or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And the old one, it's like in the British Isles and these outer islands. I remember mm-hmm. watching it, like, and I didn't totally like it when I saw it. But I remember thinking, like, it is kind of creepy to think that it could be like this, like, little island in the middle of nowhere. It's just like sort of like untouched, untouched. And, like, 
They've yeah, got this. Like, like, like the on. Romans didn't quite get to them or something. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what the whole point is. Like, they're sort of, they wear, like, modern-day clothes, but they're really not. They're, like, you're right, because they're, they're white. Like, yeah. Actually, it's, I never thought that, because we're just talking about white people, but it's interesting, because it's, like, white, but it's, like, a tribal movie of these, like, white people that have never really been civilized. You know, like, they're on these islands, and they're creepy. They look like, oh, they look like anyone that'd be in America or England. But, like, no, they're total freaks. They're Well, now I want to see these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I do is watch Star Trek and Frasier over and over and over well, again. You so to I oh, you should see The Here's Wicker the... Man. I think you'd, yeah. The, yeah, I think you'd really like it. it you should double of... double feature, old one, new one. Yeah. I love that you're drinking whiskey out of my little tea glasses. It's, it's really... Because then I feel like I'm like, I'm not drinking that much. I'm going to yeah. be very drunk. I also have to say, um, Would you, like you brought over this bottle of yeah. the Woodenville unaged whiskey. Mm-hmm. White dog, barreling strength. Yeah. It's fun because it so looks good. like water. It looks like water. It's tricky. Tastes it looks like, like water, doesn't oh. taste like gin. Hit me. Mm. Lindsay and I are not, we're in a, um, a barrel right now. No, this is interesting though, because like talking about genres, I think there's things um, like movies that you saw when you're younger. Okay, so. I a couple of years ago, I watched Star Wars again, and and there was, I'm in my 40s, so let's put that out there, <laughs> and so um, I'm watching this, and part of me was like, this is kind of stupid, <laughs> you know, and like a part of me is like really wants to be like, no, no, it's Star uh, Wars, and don't get me wrong, I still enjoy it, I still enjoy yeah. it, yeah. But the as collective a, universe just rose up and tried to smite you with their anger. I know. They, they, no, but keep going. You're, they'll be this fine. This is really, this is, yeah. and, and all, the, all points of you are welcome. Yeah, sure. And, and it's like, and I want to hear this. And things change as you, you, certain things just don't resonate. And then also, like, maybe that same year, I also rented Raider, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. And I watched, I'm like, this movie fucking kicks ass. Interesting. It's like, there's still some problems like race and stuff like that that I see, like how the Arabs are presented and, even the Nazis being cartoon characters, you know, but still it's fucking good movie. And it's, it's, it's just an, as an action movie, solid. The, the dialogue is great. Um, and I mean, it's just like music. I remember like as a kid hearing, uh, everybody's working for the weekend by Loverboy, And I'm like, yeah, this everybody's mo- working. Totally. For the I'm weekend. like, this song is so badass. And then I heard it again as an adult. And I'm like, I wait, this is a different song, right? Because the song I remember was really badass. This Interesting. Is... I've had yeah. similar experiences. When I have those experiences, I try to put myself back in the mind of my young self. Mm-hmm. I was telling you guys earlier tonight that um, last night uh, I got really stoned and watched some Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. which is my mm-hmm. all-time favorite show. And they just switched the Netflix versions to the new Blu-ray versions where they went back and they redid all the special effects and I'm going to talk about this in depth um, <laughs> on a, a future podcast, but uh, it was like seeing it for the first time. I've I started rewatching from the beginning, and it's been like seeing it for the first time again. And I see that there are problems, but the problems are of the era. Like I watched an episode last night, which I have been on this podcast before saying I didn't like that much, called Up the Long Ladder, um, where the reason I don't like it is because they have a bunch of people that are supposed to be like this Irish colony and it's incredibly racist. Like the depiction of these people is racist. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the most broad, ridiculous acting of what it would be to be an Irish person. And it's racist and it offends me. But when I watched it last night, what I realized is that everything else in that episode I loved. And there was just this one thing that I didn't like was this like racist depiction. 
And if I put myself back in the mind of somebody in 1988 when that episode aired for the first time. Because we were all racist. 88 or 89. Well, it wasn't that we were all racists. Racist is that we were all maybe a little ignorant. Uh, where the idea of, you know, depicting someone in that way, like with stereotypes, the fact that that is racist hadn't really been pointed out yet. I remember being a kid and having that being pointed out in the media. Yeah. It's like how now we have to be green because it's been pointed out in the media that we should be green. And that's progress. Uh, sometimes the media can bring about these massive like changes and these massive progressions in the human race. And a, a show like Star Trek is a show that is trying to push towards those changes. And to see them drop the ball means to me that the public consciousness was just completely unaware of that issue at that time. Mm. And I watched that when it came out in 88. I was, you know, four years old. <laughs> so I had no idea what I was seeing. But um, it was just interesting to see it, like, now. And also Riker's, you know, hitting on this girl in that episode. And it's not the most feminist thing I've ever seen. I don't think it, it would get on the air now. But it's kind of a, a product of its time. And if you look at it from that perspective, it's a little less offensive, but still offensive in the same way. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Um, yeah, I wonder how much of that too is, because we've even talked about this. It's like, okay, so what kind of accent can I make fun of and get away with? Like, what's yeah. the most exotic accent? Is it Irish? Is it Russian? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what? Remember that one day in the yeah. office? Can we talk about, we don't have to talk about that? Sure. Oh, talk about it. I want to hear now. Okay, so uh, oh, Randy yeah. and I work together in an office, <laughs> um, and... And and sometimes we're talking Russian accent like this, like yes, we're like at joking, front desk. Like joking around. His computer is broke. I don't know. Works. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done an accent and then someone else came up and they and well, you that's weren't exactly sure what if they'd heard you, so you kept talking well, the accent. This is, this well, that's what, what happened. That happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that happened, and uh, and then there's this guy who who came up and we were talking and like, he sounded very he sounded very eastern european and he w oh. uh, was was um asking us some questions and i was just like oh my god we're we're idiots um <laughs> but yeah. so and see the thing is is like there's where is the line between comedy and expression and racism well i feel here's part of what i feel like is no matter what you do someone's gonna be offended but like, so I think when people talk about like what's offensive or what censorship, it's like, look, you know, you like, I think talk to other people. Like, I mean, as, as, as a guy doing comedy, like pa having female friends, you know, like passing shit by them and be like, is, people will call you out, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you got to get on stage and be like, Hey, this is my experience. Or I think this is kind of funny. Um, cause you also don't want, I think, uh, you don't want to be constantly tiptoeing around right because you know that mm -hmm. because it's like okay so uh, i'm from cleveland can i do like i'm from cleveland ohio and i got this accent and it sounds which is a terrible cleveland accent right. you know but whatever like you know what, what i point, was convinced like, i know, thought it was I, great I, I could, <laughs> thank you you know not make fun of myself or i don't yeah. Even, yeah. i don't know well one thing I, I was talking about this with a friend last night but um one thing that I think is really important above above all else is to like not not worry about about sounding offensive as much and about offending other people, but but about like um, just being genuine and being honest. Because if you say something that is like problematic or is hurtful, but if you say it and you're like honest about it, and then someone's like, "Hey, um, 
when you say, and they're like genuine and honest about their feelings, then then th- that that can open up a discussion, and then that's an opportunity for you to examine your beliefs that you've been open about, rather than being like, I don't know what I can or can't say, so I'm not going to say anything, and that, right. and then you're closing yourself off to the opportunity to like learn and grow as a person. Well, and it's counterproductive because then you just don't say anything. And then you, you lock yourself down inside of yourself. And as an artist, that's, that's right. death. You know? So, so like go through the world and know that we're, we're socialized in a way that is, that is, I think like, like hurtful and problematic. And, and the only way that we can grow as a society is if we're open about, about what we think and about what our experiences are across the board. And, um, yeah, if we're hiding it, we're not going to fix anything, right? Well, so yeah. be out there and then be okay with being wrong and be okay with owning yeah, it, up to your mistakes well, and being like, wow, I, yeah, I was I was dumb. It's gonna, You're a it's wise gonna, woman, Lindsay Leonard. It's, well, <laughs> you told me about that time, like, there was that stamp, if you don't mind me bringing this up, but that uh, show you did, like, about a month ago. Oh, there was yeah. that kid that was, like, really... He was just like saying a bunch of like and rape you, jokes. But you you brought him aside like afterwards. You you gave him an opportunity to be like to yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 who knows if uh, like if he's actually going to take the advice. But I, he did walk like five women from the audience um, while he was performing. But then at the same time, uh, he was also getting some huge laughs, like bigger than anyone else that night. It was like, oh, this is this is rough. Yeah, I mean, and the, but I think like right, everyone should just like be allowed to be open and to say whatever they're thinking and to get whatever response that is. But then also be like, yeah, but if you're gonna do that material, I am gonna come up at, after the show and be like, hey, I found this offensive, and here's why, and I think that um, uh, other people were offended as well. That's and do that's it that great. way. You will. I mean, that's awesome. What that's a perfect way to look at it. Because we have to have free speech. We have to have the ability to say what we want to say and be creative and put things out there. And then we also have to have the ability to veto, you know, to say, like, that was too far. People will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like uh, there's a thing in, like, well, any audience, people will just turn off. Like, yeah. I will. There'll be stuff where I'm like, eh, this isn't interesting. And then there'll be some things, like, you're talking about the episode where you're like, you can kind of, um, like, Breakfast at Tiffany's, I think is a great movie. But there's the... Um, uh, is it oh, Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney scene, oh, which yeah. is fucking terrible. I just watched that at the dentist the other day. What, what happens? He plays basically, he's like a Jap. he is a white guy, he plays a Japanese photographer, and he's like, you know, like, oh, miso sale, like, oh. shit that would never fly today, it's yeah. awful. It's, uh-huh. And part of it's like, why wouldn't you just get a fucking Japanese person to play the character and not do a ridiculous accent? And you could yeah. still have, like, a funny character if that's what you choose to do in the story, but make it a real person, not like this, like... It's bad. I mean, it's, there's no way you can watch it. And be like, Ugh. right? Yeah, and it's rough because that whole movie is—it's a classic. Like, it's in the oh, the book is way in better. The canon. Oh, I, I've been meaning to read that for so long. Yeah, they need. To, I want them to remake that and follow the book to the T and not do the romance. You know, story yeah, remakes remakes are really big right now. <laughs> uh, I wonder how long it's going to be before they remake Breakfast at Tiffany's. They should if they follow the book. What's uh, um, what's the uh, the um, Coen Brothers movie, uh, the Western one they just did? With a brother where art thou? No, not kidding. that one. After that, <laughs> oh my god, my memory. Um, Damn you, alcohol. <laughs> uh, I'm so bad. True at Grit. This. 
okay. Was that Coen Brothers? It was the Coen Brothers. And really? The original one, the Hollywood kind of changed it. And True Grit, the second one, they tried to follow the book more closely. I think in books you can be a little more intimate. Or you can have, like, say, creatures that aren't necessarily humanoid. Right. And, and they and, still are relatable because when you can't see it, you can imagine it. And you yeah. imagine it in a relatable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's... Which that's, I think is like mm-hmm. the most effective Hollywood science fiction, I think, is when it's, like, really simple. It's yeah. a very... Like, I think Her is a very simple story. It's, like, it's a love story, like falls in love with his computer. He doesn't expect that that's going to happen. Well, and she falls in love with him, too, which is the important thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I want to yeah. s- see this movie now. That sounds great. Because she does fall in love with him. Like, you didn't like the movie, but that's her character. Like, right, she, right. Yeah. But then, I don't want to spoil anything. Please don't. <laughs> if you buy into the fact that she can actually, like, feel Sure, I did. Love. I kind of... I, I see, wasn't sure. That's, I bought into I the... I, the way I took it is that she and, like, these other robots if you want to call them because they're not really computers at this point even though they're not they're not you know they're stuck in a computer or whatever they they can't like move around like robots but mm-hmm. they're like the second they're like an evolution they're like above human beings yeah but rather than being like we're going to control the world they're like oh no we just want to exchange ideas and be creative and like they're like we're out of here maybe yeah maybe that was one of the problems that i had with the movies that i never was like fully sold on them and their experiences. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, AI is something that I have a really hard time with. So, well, maybe what, maybe it's just something about... without a body. I think maybe that's a huge part of it for me. Because now I'm thinking about movies where there were robots, like an iRobot. Uh-huh. I was super rooting for the robot. I but love in I her, robot. I was like, it's, to me, it's, it just is a disembodied voice. Interesting. And if I can't see... At like a physical body, then I have a hard time relating it to it. Maybe because all my experiences are very like rooted in in what I'm doing. Well, I'm thinking like there's 2001, um, but Hal is very detached. He's almost like a sociopath. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. Hal is to- totally a sociopath. Yeah. You know why I don't have a problem with AI is that our brains are machines. You know, mm-hmm. in in a certain way. Yeah. And and when you look at a computer and they have circuit pathways and they have all of these things that are so I, computers are built to mimic human intelligence because how do we understand the processing of information it's the way that our brains process information because right. that's how we're wired so as we create these things to process information we do it in a way that's kind of inspired by our own brains because we can't help it because that's all we can think well, of well maybe that's part of the problem is yeah. that uh for instance i want to take this acting class coming up where uh, ellen boyle's uh theater and movement where it's and I do a lot of yoga and stuff like that where, like, your body is part of your brain. And I think a lot of these computers we design where they're, uh. like, just the brain, but we're not counting the body. And the thing about human beings is that we're driven by our emotions. I mean, think about any breakup that you've had where you shut down. It doesn't matter how intellectual you are. Like, you fall apart or you, you're like, ah, you go crazy. But the beauty of that is that human beings will sacrifice themselves for, like, the greater the good. You do things that are not logical that don't make sense like in a machine kind of way that are that are purely emotional and i feel like yeah. so much so much of what makes us successful as a species is our emotional bonds and 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 things that will override logic that will be like 
you know, do things that don't make sense. Like, oh, I'm going to die if I do this, but like, I'm going to. Don't you think if a computer was on long enough and maybe let's, let's say we have a computer that's a mind inside of a humanoid body, like a robot, you know, something like, something like an robot. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't wipe the memory, if you don't turn it on and off, if you never reboot it, eventually if these same circuit pathways are open and running constantly, don't you think it would start to pick up some human quirks, especially if it's living among humans? Well, that was oh, the, yeah. in, in in her. That's what I thought it was about. Is that like mm. she essentially was starting to be like she was Mirroring. becoming? Well, no, she was becoming hu- look beyond human. Like she was be. There's a point where she wasn't human. She was mirroring, and then she became like a human, and then went beyond. And interesting. I just... It reminds me of like Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. Oh, it's a great movie. I just had a hard time like buy like I guess buying that transition. Like, like, what is she getting, or like, what is the trigger for her? We should be curious. Becoming... just like anybody, we're like, oh, I'm gonna do this because it's cool, or you're like, oh my god, I met this person and they're really interesting, and then like, oh, there's this other person they're really interesting. You know, that's like a conceit in Hollywood for artificial intelligence that doesn't have emotions is that it has curiosity. That's something that everybody does, and I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing to do. I mean, I think it works so well with data in Star Trek and I think that's why it's been done over and over and over again is that when you don't have emotions you still have curiosity hmm. but I don't know if that's necessarily true you know I don't know yeah. also I think I just didn't understand how Scarlett Johansson's character and her like filtered the world or like how she took it in oh interesting right because the way that you take in the world really informs what well, she could see how well, she had that little um she could see him sleeping. She would be like, oh, I'm seeing you sleep. I'm watching you sleep. But, like, but does she see like a human or, or like, does she see like, like in, you systems? know. Does uh, she live in the cloud? Yeah, I guess they didn't like, go too much detail about that. Yeah, and yeah. so I have a hard time being like, so So is her experience of everything being like like a surveillance camera? Mm. But that's interesting. Or... Like how do we take information? Because and, and we take like information huge. just from, we don't take it in just from uh how we see, like, right? It's like how yeah. you feel. It's like, like how you feel. It's like how you're. It's like think how of you're the wired. think of the first time you ever made fun of, like being like a kindergarten kid. You did something that was weird, and the other mm-hmm. kids are like, "Ew, that's your lunch," and you're like, uh, you like, and you're like, <laughs> you remember responding? It's like your guts and like everything. You're like, <gasps> you're like, oh, the tribe. You're like, you're yeah. like, I can't. And like, and it's a very human. Like everyone has gone through this, you mm-hmm. know. And some people are like, I, I'm actually really cool, so. Uh, <laughs> But I like I I guess Sorry. I understand like what that <laughs> your might observations be, like... <laughs> from your computer screens. Yeah. I was I was made My fun of a lot, videos. so I'm with you. I'm with you, Randy. <laughs> Lindsay's actually a robot. Yeah, that's why Lindsay is like her. That's She's why like, I don't um, understand. Yeah, why didn't he want to go out with me, Joaquin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't even have a body. <laughs> yeah, I've got a body. Yeah, it's made of wires. <laughs> Lindsay, you, I know you watched a lot of. Stargate as a kid. Yeah. What what sci-fi are you into? What sci-fi am I into? Um, like, I okay. So I never watched Battlestar Galactica, but people are always writing me about that. I'm like, you need to watch Battlestar Galactica. I really like Stargate. I really like shows that are super formulaic and um, it's comforting. Corny. It is. Uh, it's really satisfying. As like what? Um, oh, hey, well, I, I I guess a lot of Stargate where they're like, oh no, this is gonna ruin everything. The the wraith they're gonna get through, and they're gonna destroy <laughs> our planet, our home planet. So we've gotta head them off. Yeah, 
Um, I feel like that's a lo- that's a, like half of <laughs> Stargate episodes is that. Yeah, I love Stargate. I oh, I love it so much. I came to Stargate as an adult. I loved the movie since the day it came out, but mm-hmm. I never watched the show because I just assumed it wasn't going to be as cool as the movie. Yeah, but it's cool in a different way. I remember the first time I ever saw an episode of the show. I was driving back from Vegas with some friends, and we were in a van that had a DVD player, and uh, the person who's had like borrowed the van. I think she borrowed the van from her parents or something like that. But she put on the first episode of SG-1, mm-hmm. and we watched it on the way back, and I was totally blown away by it. I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. This is a great continuation of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then the show definitely takes a while to find its footing, but by season four, they've got it. And it's it's very formulaic, but it's also incredibly exciting. Yeah. And it doesn't have the sense of weight that Star Trek has. Mm-hmm. So having grown up on Star Trek and then like discovering Stargate as an adult, the show's where they're very light and they're fun and they're adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really refreshing. It was yeah. really awesome. I think the characters are fun. Like, like you, you know their personality types and you're like, oh, I know what this guy would say. And you kind of, like, you know the predicament they're in, but you know that somehow they're going to get out of it. Yeah. And so you are just trying, it's like a race. Like, you're racing the show to figure out, like, if you can connect the dots of how they're going to get out of it before the mm. show does it. Yeah. And so, and then that sort of unfolds and, and, the, and the show stays, like, a little bit ahead. Or even if you guess something that's, like, satisfying to be like, oh, yeah, I totally called that. That's how they fixed the problem. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I I do agree with you. On like, uh, there's a sad. Okay, so as I've gotten older, I, I actually like westerns a lot. Like, oh, my dad loved westerns. I was gonna ask you, like, what mm-hmm. has captured your imagination yeah. as you get and older? And westerns, there's that definitely is the formula, and there's that very American mythology to it. And, um, but to me, part of it is like high noon. You know it's gonna happen, and and it's like, <laughs> and to me, the fun of it is like the variations. Like sometimes it's like exactly in like a well-directed movie it could be like following that formula exactly the way you know it's good you know it's gonna happen and some of it's like dreading it like oh god i know it's gonna happen you know like mm-hmm. a movie where there's like the drunk uncle gets up to do a wedding speech and you're like Uh-oh. oh this is gonna be terrible and you know it's gonna happen and that's why it's great it's because he's not gonna give like a thoughtful it's gonna be terrible and cringing and like you're you know that and i i think it is fun to play with that the expectation, right? I mean, that's what mm. stand-up comedy is all about. Like, oh, you're going to say this. Oh, you wait, you didn't say that. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, yikes. Or you did and I felt <laughs> that way. Or like, Yeah, exactly. And um, mm. hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place. I don't know. Like, stuff that's well done. Like, yeah. But I mean, I, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Like, every, you know, everything's been done before. It's a variation of it. Like, like, Flight of the Concords, we were talking about that earlier. Like, it's so goddamn good. I love that show. You know, their their songs are great. And, like, it's very similar to Kenzie and Chloe. It's a little plug yeah. for our show, Super Famous. <laughs> you know how, like, the, every show it's like, we got to keep the band together. But it's just them fighting it. Like, they essentially are their own worst enemies. But they're also yeah. super codependent and they can't. You know why I love Fly the Concord so much is because it builds on what's been done before it so well. And maybe in this in this time where we're all about reboots and we're all about, you know, remakes um, I don't have that big of a problem with that. Everybody's talking about how it's like the death of cinema and stuff. Nah, it's not. I loved Jurassic World. I it's thought fun. it was fantastic. It's I've great. never been more excited for a movie than I am for Star Wars Episode Seven, except for maybe <gasps> when I was excited for Star Wars Episode One. I'm gonna see. It. I don't want to talk about how that went, but oh. I'm really, I'm really fucking excited for it. 
I, I love the idea that people are now capitalizing on my own nostalgia because mm -hmm. I don't love anything more than I love my own nostalgia. Oh, so mm -hmm. here, here's the thing. I was wondering, what's a movie that you couldn't do a, um, a reboot of? Hmm. Like, could you do Wizard of Oz? Well, so Back could to the Future you? is a really good example because Robert Zemeckis do, has right. actually gone out of his way to make sure that nobody reboots Back to the Future. It's a pretty awesome movie. As long as he is That's alive. It. I remember seeing that again, and I'm like, Back to the Future holds up. It's yeah. awesome. And Back to the Future 2, I think, is, is fucking awesome. Back to the Future 3, I never loved. I like it, but I've never loved it, and I've always been disappointed by the fact that I didn't love it. Mm. But I think that those movies are so great. Uh, the trilogy is so great. It's such a well-executed statement that they're so far to go back and do more is not necessary and would maybe detract. And I think that the same is true of the original Star Wars trilogy. But the fact that they made more and it was terrible, I now want more because I want to get the bad taste out of my mouth. Well, you know, a friend of mine was talking about the first, like the uh, the ones they made in the late '90s Star Wars, uh -huh. and he's like. Okay, here's the thing. If Star Wars had never existed in the 70s, people would have been like, those are great movies. Like, the new ones. Because they're not... Uh. Ah! <laughs> like, I don't think they're... Okay, so, like, the first one with, like, Jar Jar Binks, I don't know, it's a fun movie. It's, it's exciting, whatever. Uh, I have no fun in that movie. Okay, uh. also, 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 I have to say this, too. Um, seeing that, I was in my late 30s, and, like, I'd heard... Before I even saw the movie, all these people were bitching about Jar Jar and, like, how awful he was, and before I even knew anything. And my first thought was, like... I don't know who or what this Jar Jar Binks is, <laughs> but I love him. Like I am, I am fully embrace this motherfucker. Like, like this is. And actually, I had some friends that did. That's they, so contrarian, and I love it. So I had some funny. friends they did an art show called "We Love You, Jar Jar" because oh everyone God. hated, like everyone hated him, and it was a show all about like Jar Jar fan art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually doing a show in a couple weeks for the podcast where we're doing Star Wars Episode One on trial and I'm oh. a panel together. And we're gonna try Wait, to get when to is the, this? Uh, I don't know when it's gonna be out. We're recording it in about two weeks from now. Is it but, gonna be like a live recording that people can watch? No, it's gonna be. That's what everyone keeps asking me. Can yeah. I be on there and just defend Jar Jar? Like you, I fully, I will fully wholeheartedly like Jar. I will, I will write wanna, facts I'll, out. I'll make you a Jar Jar cape. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're you know what? I will give that some serious consideration. Okay. Oh, you know, you know what? Another thing. I'm skipping around right now, but I was talking to Isaac this weekend. Isaac Novak, comedian. Um, gotta make plugs everywhere. <laughs> like imagine people. Cool. Check him out. It's great stuff. Nice. Good, good guy. Nice guy. Um, great artist too. And we were talking about movies, and I decided rather than being like what I think is a good movie. I'm going to be like, I like this movie. Because there's certain movies that I think are great movies, but like, I understand may not universally be right. Yes. relatable to all people. But I'm like, uh, this Japanese punk rock um, science fiction movie called Guitar uh, Wild Zero by the Japanese band Guitar Wolf. I fucking love. That sounds awesome. Zombies. Oh. Flying saucers, rock and roll. It's You're speaking my language. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. We'll watch it. You will. I would love I to. Guarantee you will love it. But I'm like, you know, I could totally understand my dad watching and be like, "This is stupid." And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, it's I." So, fair enough. You know? I love stupid. Amazing. I, like we, Lindsay, you and I watched uh, Hansel and Gretel: Witch Hunters. Oh yeah, so stupid. I love. It. But awesome. as you watch a a, stu a movie that you like. But to me, like, if you love it, it's it's not that stupid. You know? Right. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Because if. 
if you love it, it's not that stupid. Because it's, it's providing you with mm-hmm. a service, which is entertainment. Entertainment, That's sure. what we're all about. Yeah, we're entertainers. I was watching, um, at a, I was at a friend's house, uh, my ex-girlfriend and her husband and her, and her 11-year-old son. And we're watching, um, uh, oh my God, Fast and the Furious 2. And um, she and I were both like, wait, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guys? And her husband's like, it doesn't matter. And we're like, oh, right. doesn't matter. <laughs> and then we were always like, fuck it. It's Fast cars, people getting yeah. sh- it's who cares? It's then yeah. it's like you just don't even think about it. It's like yeah, doesn't yeah. fucking matter. There's movies that do that and they do it knowingly, and then I'm on board and I love it and I love the ride of it. I feel like Star Wars Episode One was trying to be bigger and was trying to be a good movie, and it wasn't. You know what? One thing I really hated about Star Wars One when they're talking about um, midi chlorians. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck That's it. exactly. Thank yeah. you. High five. So fucking lame. I like, totally bought into it. I was like, yeah. Really? Oh, oh Lindsay. Yeah. You're kidding. Okay, when I saw that, when I was exposed to that movie, I was like 12 years old. And so I was like, yeah, soccer The thing is, is, like, I grew up on, like, I was like, the force. And, like, I never even thought of it in a religious way. But I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, you you don't even explain it. People get it, like, the force. It's the equivalent of, like, Superman flies. He flies. Do you need to know how? No. No one fucking cares. <laughs> it's the fucking force. Right. Like, midichlorian. Who gives a shit? Actually... This goes to another thing. I hate superhero origin stories. Fuck that shit. Really? I like, you know, when it comes to like Superman, the guy flies, period. Like Iron Man, guy in an iron suit. Who gives a fuck? Like, I don't want to <laughs> know because part of the. I'm the, the opposite. I want to know. No, you're wrong. Uh, I really want to know. <laughs> like, when I look, when I watched the first Iron Man, all I could think about was, well, his suit is fitting too close to his body. He doesn't look bulky enough, and I don't uh-huh. understand how all the mechanics fit fitting inside, and I can't accept it. Too just close to just his hot spitballing body here, but I wonder if this is like <laughs> indicative of two really very different very personality types, right? Because I feel like I'm the type of person where if I like, even as a kid, I remember like daydreaming about stuff, and I'd be like, okay, so I'm like, I'm like a princess. And I live in this castle. But then I had to get really detailed. I'm like, well, how did I get here? Like, <laughs> how does this actually make sense? Like, what year is it? What? You were never and like, yeah, I deserve this. That's no, why. No, I would, I'm, I'm this I would I'm have like to, you. like, think it through because I think it would I make me, coming. like, I would be, like, anxious or I wouldn't really be able to, like, accept it or, like, take on the the daydream fully unless I had like thought it through so I think that's like superhero origin stories it's like how can I that's a very Chloe way of approaching it whereas Kenzie would be like yeah I'm a princess right that's interesting yeah (laughs) are you kidding me no Lindsay I'm with you like Mm -hmm. that's why I like science fiction so much is that it explains it connects the dots for me so that I can get from point A to point B where point B is like shooting lasers out of my butthole but it makes perfect sense to me and I can accept it (laughs) at the same time I why? Who cares? <laughs> but when I no, watch I care. Movies, I'm going to edit that movie like, no one cares. 45 minutes of explaining why I shoot lasers out my butthole, and then an hour and 15 minutes of me shooting lasers out of my butthole. Oh, see, that's where I'd be bored. I'm like, oh, get to the lasers. <laughs> no, but you, you need the build-up to get the payoff. Right, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this is, all right, there's some truth to that. I, I do still love stupid, unexplained stuff. Um, Star Wars 2, Attack of the Clones. Uh-huh. I, I think my dad bought that movie at Walmart because it was on sale in a bin. 
And so in the, a bin. This was the only <laughs> in like a bin. That is where that movie belongs. That's where it, it came grease from. Grease in the bin. It was gross. We had a lot of Walmart bin movies growing up. Barbershop <laughs> two. Uh, it's what? a lot of like the second and um, Star Wars two: Attack of the Clones. That's the only Star Wars movie we owned. Wow. And I've seen Seriously? it like Lived eight times. What do, What do you think of that movie? I love it. I love it so much. Wow. Tell, oh tell me about loving that movie because I don't know what that feels like. What's the first movie that you owned? Was that wait, wait, wait. I, I got to hear about loving episode two. Okay, okay. okay. So loving Star Wars episode two. I, I check it out. Why not? I don't know. I I like it because can I watch your copy? Is that a VHS? <laughs> I'll have to. You know what? Maybe I'll have my sister bring it down because she's up with my dad right now. Okay. Can, yeah, and I don't think he's watching it anytime soon because he only watches Oh Brother Where Art Thou. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a thing. Aww. That's a good movie. It's good. It's really good. He knows all the words. He does also know a lot of the words to Star Wars 2 Attack of the Clones, so maybe it will be a little harder to get down here. Aww. Is it because you watched it so much? Yeah. Um, Daddy. I don't know. I think I really enjoyed like how pretty it was. Yeah. And I really... I, I don't know. I have a thing for really hokey dialogue. Like that one scene in the garage where Anik... Anakin, <laughs> Anakin <laughs> is Anakin. talking to to Padme about killing all those sand people, and yeah. he's like, "I killed them. I killed all of them. Not just the men, but the women and the children too." Uh, and then he like throws a wrench. What a monster! And um, yeah, it's pretty awful, but it um. But you like it? I love it. Yeah, you like killing sand people. Kind of. I think that's no, beautiful. I'm jealous. It's. I think that sometimes I watch movies uh, maybe i'm bullshitting but maybe this is the thing where i watch movies on like two levels right so you have the level where you're watching it and you're totally buying into it and you're just enjoying the ride and then you have the other level that you're watching the movie on where you're like yes i'm thinking about this critically and i realize that this is bullshit but then you also you're like yeah but let's stay in the fun level yeah where i really love this and it's it's gorgeous and um just insane i try really hard to stay in that fun level i try very hard to do that mm-hmm. i have a very analytical brain so letting go and like being in the moment and enjoying something is is something i strive for and i just watched wing commander for the first time and i was i was doing it i was doing it the whole time i, I don't love know what that, that is i really enjoyed it it's a freddie prince junior movie from 1999 very early cg where there's a lot of like models and stuff in it also mm-hmm. um, by no means is this a good movie but i loved it like i really enjoyed it i just watched it 2 weeks ago for the first time my whole life and i loved huh. it hmm. um, but i and I know, I know that I have this like really intense emotional attachment to Star Wars, and that's why I have a hard time enjoying the prequels. Um, and I try so hard to watch them from an objective point of view, and I fail over and over. You know, like the last time I tried to watch Episode One, I turned it off ten minutes in because I was physically getting angry, like my body yeah. was shaking. I was like, no. No, it's just, no, I disagree totally, with every choice you're making, George Lucas. It's like a different world, though. When you watch the two, you're like, this isn't even the same. Right. That's my problem with it is that you know that the entire world knows this universe. Yeah. Right? And then to make something new in that universe that's in a different fucking universe. Yeah. It's, that's it's, either the ballsiest, craziest, most like amazing thing ever or the dumbest thing ever. And I still don't know. Like I can't see the answer because I'm so yeah. upset about it still. And I wonder. It's interesting because because in between the uh, 
the original three and then the newer prequels, um, there's supposed to be this this like breakdown, right? And like a, yeah. a re-entry into a more um, like disorganized primitive time. Yeah. And so I wonder if like how conscious that choice was to be like, oh wait, this is going to be real fancy and it's real nice and it's in the future and yeah, I um, think about that a lot. And what I've come to recently is that I think that because that's kind of what was told to us, you know, as an audience, is that that's why these look so much sleeker and better is that this was a more civilized age before the fall of the Republic and before mm-hmm. the Empire takes over and everything kind of becomes this, like, entire galaxy of scum and villainy. Right. But what I think happened is that George Lucas was, I mean, so obsessed with special effects in a way that's wonderful, mm-hmm. where in the first movies, he pioneered all of these incredible new special effects. But in the new movies, I think he was really trying to pioneer a new digital universe because uh, by all accounts, that's what he was obsessed with at that time in his life was, you know, everything being on a green screen and being able to create this entire world that looks real through CG. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a tremendous blunder. Like, I think that creating CG universes takes away the reality, takes away the tactile nature of science fiction, and it makes it so that you're watching a cartoon. Right. So I think that the original, or the prequels became cartoons where he was trying to do this experiment with digital filmmaking. And I think that's why it falls apart for me, is that the original Star Wars is kind of this beacon of tactile filmmaking where everything feels real, you know? Because they did all these new special effects that were all based off of real photography and like matte paintings. It's like a real person, like, you know, mm-hmm. drawing something on a page. And not to take away from digital matte paintings because they can be just as wonderful, but when everything is digital, it all has this sort of like CG grain to it and it loses its reality to me. It loses its like tactile nature. I don't feel like I can reach out and touch anything. And then I don't care about the characters as much. I don't care about the world as much. I don't care about the story as much. And it just loses interest to me. That you know, makes sense. You know, the thing I was thinking about is it, it still comes down to the acting. You have to have convincing actors that are reacting to the universe that they're in. Yeah. Right? And I feel like the early Star Wars movies, a lot of the thoughts that come back to me are, are, are like um, Luke going back to his aunt and uncle's place and the bodies that are burned there. And, you know, like when I was a kid, I was like, oh. You know, like that resonated with me. Yeah. And there's so much of that's a science fiction scene, but it's it's his reactions to it. And I think of like Lord of the Rings, the best scenes in Lord of the Rings are Oof. the close ups on the characters where they're like Ugh. this little ring and they're like, Oh, it's so much power. And oh. it's not the big yeah. Lord of the Rings is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And not these big you know the big like the Balrog attacking, I mean there's amazing special effects, but it's the character's reaction. Right. It's that's... when you cut to Gandalf and he's looking at the Balrog. Sure. He believes it. And you, you can it. see in his eyes, mm-hmm. Gandalf is scared. You Run, know, you fools. Run, you fools. Right, exactly. Like, then that's when it's real. Yeah. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, and I feel like even if you look at a movie like, say, um, the special effects in, say, The Wizard of Oz, which by today's standards aren't as sophisticated, but there's a, a very staginess to them yeah. that works in that universe, that Wizard of Oz universe, especially because they're already switching between black and white and color. But like the people's reactions between them, like, oh God, they believe in this. Like, oh, the, like, as a kid, the Wicked Witch freaked me out. You know yeah. I mean? think most people have a story about something in the Wizard of Oz that they're like, ah, like freaked them out. <laughs> and, and, and you think about it, like that movie's 
almost 100 years old. The flying wow. monkeys. The is flying definitely Oh my god, is it almost 100 monkeys? years old? It's, well, it's made in the That's 30s, incredible. right? So it's, you know, it's wow. going on, going on yeah. 100 years. I mean, like, movies have been around for a while. And, like, that's an effective fucking movie. That, yeah. Like, it's still in the public conscious. Like, you can go up to an eight-year-old nowadays and be like, tell me the story of the Wizard of Oz, and they will tell it to you. Like, they'll know that story. Like, nobody doesn't know that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is... And there is no denying that The Wizard of Oz is a great movie. I don't think anyone has ever gone on record saying they don't think it's a good movie. Because yeah, it's would, so fucking what, what great. What would you say? Like, yeah, it's this girl. And, like, I mean, it'd be silly. Because it's, yeah. it's so its own thing. Yeah. But a lot of it is, like, you think about it, that. that sp- I, I love the idea, like, there's special effects. But the special effects only enhance the the humans or right. humanoids. And, and the, the special effects are, like, on top of a world that is... Very real. That yeah. they was built. Created. So yeah. in their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'll say this about the first Star Wars movie, even though when I was I watched it again, like the dialogue's really stupid. Like the thing I did love about it is like the world he creates is so rich. Like you yes. mentioned, like yes. oh it comes from you know blah blah blah. You mentioned these other things. You like you get sucked in on that level of like oh there's these robots that are from this place, and you you believe it right off the bat. It's so absolutely. It feels so real. That, absolutely. Uh, it's although you know it's another thing I remember seeing now um, as someone you know, who grew up, was a kid in the 70s, I was like, man, this movie looks so disco. Like, <laughs> it, it didn't hit me, but, like, it's Leah's, so like, outfit, she looks like she could be hanging out at, like, Studio, <laughs> was it, 51 or whatever. And it's funny, like, I just yeah. didn't notice that at the time. I was like, wow, spaceships. All, all of the Star Wars movies have bad dialogue. It's not just the prequels. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's intentional. I mean, George Lucas has said... He yeah. wanted to make something like pulpy, sure, that's fine. Like Flash Gordon style. Bad. I feel like he could have gone further with it. Well, but it's easy for me to sit here and be like, "Oh yeah, George Lucas could totally have gone further." Whatever, with that. you know. I think we but, could all agree. That I think, like, ultimately, they're. I think they're good movies. Like, even well, I think in the original, them. in the original, even the worst three, of them the, is like the balance of bad dialogue is is just about perfect. They're fun. They're they're know? adventure. Yes, they're fun adventure. And I know movies. that someone's out there, their blood's boiling. Calm down. But it's not gonna be in the okay, in the new ones, down. it felt like the dialogue was unintentionally bad. Like it was mm. worse than he meant it to be. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Or maybe something about like the pairing of really um, like immaculate um, like filming and and CG with that dialogue that's maybe. like meant to be pulpy because. Because when you think about pulpy and like what you recognize as pulpy, you don't think about uh, a screen that looks like that. Right. You think mm. about like the original one. You think about like a little bit of grain. It's a little bit. Um, I don't know. It feels a little more textured. Uh, not yeah, so, not it, so slick. In the original, That's the special effects are fucking incredible. So you but pair you clunky dialogue also, with slick. Um, like what? What is that world? What does that yeah, do? Yeah, like when in 1977, there'd never been special effects like that. A lot of them didn't age that well, or a lot of them were obviously special effects even at the time. You mm-hmm. know, whereas now, uh, even the most, I don't know, CG has become so sophisticated that sometimes you can tell it's CG, but it still looks good. You know, whereas like back in the day, let's in Return of the Jedi, like the Rancor was obviously stop motion like the mm. the giant monster that luke fights in the pit in jabba's palace never quite worked but you still kind of 
go with it because you're in this universe that's a little campy. Yeah. And that's okay. But but like you're saying, like in the new ones, it's so slick. It do- Visually, it doesn't look campy, but it right. sounds campy and it's written to be campy. And yeah. so you're like, wait, how do I reconcile this? This is something that's new to me. Yeah, yeah that's really, totally. The first thing I'm thinking of like when you're mentioning this is like, I also love film noir movies. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of film noir movies where it's always these stark black and white angles and stuff and they're like hey doll come over here you know and there's already <laughs> like the whole universe lends itself you want them to say that right um tone is so important yeah in film tone is so important in like performance mm-hmm. uh it's something i think about a lot like especially performing with you guys where your whole show is very specific in its tone and like where do i fit into that tone is so important i mean if you if you don't fit into the tone then you have no business being there right uh, and because you're taking, it's like dangerous to have you there at all because you're taking stuff out, like you're taking audience members out of that world, totally. right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the worst thing you can do as as an entertainer when you're presenting something is to take someone out of the world that you're trying to create. Mm. Unless that's your intention, but that's a different, that's a different True. game. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a hard game, and that's awesome too. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think. Uh, tell me, tell me about. Let's go completely off topic here. I want to hear about Kenzie and Chloe. So I Let's talk about Kenzie and Chloe. I'm I, I sometimes I, I think of myself as the third wheel in Kenzie and Chloe, which sure. not in a derogatory way, but in like a wonderful way because I love uh-huh. being a part of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Kenzie and Chloe, the music super is famous, really is it. the mm-hmm. two of you, mm-hmm. and whatever I add is like icing on a cake that is a Lindsay Randy cake. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> tell me it's about a great cake. <laughs> but the icing is what makes people want to buy it at the store. Yeah, I mean, I wanted they, to buy it. And they get inside, they're like, what is this? I wanted to buy it this before I was grainy. in it. This is um, grainy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a confection of sugar. Yeah. So tell me about, like, the inception of, of Kenzie and Chloe. Well, okay. So for anyone who hasn't seen Kenzie and Chloe, it's uh, you are college majors... We're majoring, We're majoring in, college. in college at the University of Washington. You have a sorority well, we called Tra. We can do the 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 intro. It makes yeah. Sense. Let me talk to <laughs> let me talk to Kenzie and Chloe for a little bit. I'm gonna I want to interview Kenzie and Chloe and ask you about. Okay, let, let's okay. go get them. Okay, I, we're gonna, gonna go, go to the get bathroom. Kenzie and Chloe. <laughs> let's open the door. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. I'm here with Kenzie Kensington and Chloe Blunzerhurst. You're lucky to have us. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. We're here. Thank you. So, uh... Your place is gross. I like it. It's cluttered. <laughs> I've never I, interviewed... Where's um, nachos? ...two college girls before. I feel a little uncomfortable having Well, we're here. Have you interviewed one college girl before? Yeah. It's, Have you no, interviewed three? It's or twice is this as just, hard. like, not at all? <laughs> or a third is easy. <laughs> You're the math major. So tell yeah. me, what are, who are you? Tell me about what? yourself. My name is Kenzie Kensington. And I'm Chloe Blunterhurst. We are college majors at the University of Washington. Yeah, we're majoring in college. Mm-hmm. We're also members of the UW's most exclusive sorority. T-R-A. Tra. It's just the two of us. And Chloe barely made it in. I had to rush. Every day we work hard to achieve maximum success. And today... It's a very important day. It's the most important podcast. Because we're on it. Yeah. You're lucky. So thank you so much for having us. Well, yeah. thank you for being here. I'm honored to have you here. You're welcome. Yeah. So Kenzie We love and Chloe, science and we love fiction. I don't. What? She does. <laughs> I like Chloe, but... <laughs> what is, so Kenzie and Chloe, <laughs> what's, your favorite, uh, what's your favorite science fiction? Uh, um, I think The Muppets. <laughs> the Muppets is a children's show. What? 
It's for children. It's fiction, and it uses science. But... Okay, the Muppets is one. They have that one <laughs> beaker. Because he's a scientist, and that's yeah. okay. So Chloe likes Beaker because Chloe likes science, and Beaker is a Beaker of he's achievement. A, he's a pink guy with some pink hair. Yeah, he's got a lot of achievements, mm-hmm. and um, I I appreciate that. I understand it, but it's not my thing. Okay. What's your thing? I'm more of a Kardashians kind of girl. Okay. But only you know. Wait, Kardashians from Star Trek? I Kardashian. No. <laughs> what? Um, I think Kardashian. the Kardashians. Yeah. yeah. Just to point out things that, like they're doing wrong. Like I'll put, I'll watch it with Chloe and say, Chloe, this is wrong. Don't yeah. do that. And she'll say, okay, I understand. I really yeah. wish the microphones could pick up your facial expressions. Cause they're... Yeah. And our beautiful hair. Mostly the hair. We spent a yeah. long time. And my legs. I, have... I mean, it's just like this. We both have nice legs. Yeah. Mine are nicer, but. Well, they're. They are very They're nice. They're different. They're equally different. Yeah. It is like the movie. My strength is my arms. I have a lot of arm strength. Chloe has nice <laughs> arm strength. She opens jars for me. Sometimes. Yeah. She's very strong. Mm-hmm. So Jammed I hear. <laughs> I hear janitor arms. Yeah. Oh, janitor arms. Yeah. I hear you girls are going to be uh, performing at Bumbershoot this year. We yeah. are going to be performing at Bumbershoot. We're very excited. We're super excited. Uh, we're super actually hard. getting we're getting um, half hard. a semester credit for it. Really? Yeah. In what mm. course? In uh, so- outreach. Outreach society. Yeah. Yes. Because we're helping. It's a program. It's part of our program. We have a student yeah. interest group. We're helping youth yeah. that don't know enough to... Be cool. Be cool. And so, because they're, they're a bumbershoot. Duh. Yeah. We even wrote a song about it. Yeah, we wrote a song. <laughs> Wink! Yeah. Um, Jesse with Mercury some- helped us with it. Wink! You might know him, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Hey. (laughs) Wink. Jesse Mercury helped us out. We know him. He's our musician. Not ours. He's his own musician. We hang with him. Yeah. We go out in the town. He walks five feet behind us. Mm -hmm. All true. Yeah. It's all true. Very important details. We're very excited about We have a crew of very talented people. We Mm -hmm. have um, Doug. Doug. Is playing. What? Doug Professor Smartsall. Professor Smartsall. He's our teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in uh, class, in science class. Uh, yes, what's Doug's last name? Doug's last Gale. name is Gale. Doug Gale. Douglas Gale. He's a very funny comedian. Mm-hmm. He's playing our professor, Professor Smartsall. And then... Um, Are we just going to say everyone now? Yeah, Chloe. <laughs> we don't pay people. We have to say props. We have to throw out shout outs. Say don't pay. <laughs> say don't pay. Okay. Which is enough when it's coming through us. We have Sarah. Sarah McKinley. 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 Sarah McKinley. (laughs) Love her. She's She's uh, the best. She lives down the street from me now. And she's hot Chad. From us. And she's playing hot Hot Chad, Chad. the hottest boy at the UW. He's so hot. And we have Taslin Gyu. She's so great. She's playing Flo. Yeah. Flo. He's a classmate. She's a classmate and a total dork. She's kind of sweet. She's a spaz, and you know it. She's got a pet rat. It's pretty cool. Her rat is dirty and gross. We've got Peter Stone, who's playing yoga guy. Playing yoga guy, and we've who is got a guy that does yoga. Anthony Householder. He's playing um, Frankenbird. Frankenbird. Bernstein. Bernstein. Uh, Frankenbird. Bird. And Wait, can we talk about Bernstein? Because uh, okay, Frank- so Apparently- Chloe. So okay, so uh, okay. Chloe says I killed B rat. No, That's my. We boyfriend. were pet sitting, and you. Felt like you didn't have to go over there as much as uh, maybe you should have, and then I think once um, a week is fine. It's enough time to feed. A the bird. bird was very weak, and you you accidentally sat on him. 
I didn't sit on him. He flew near me, and I was sitting. You, so wait, you he, didn't feed the bird more than once chair. a week, and then you sat on the it. bird was <laughs> weak before I got there. It was a weak bird. He had been weakened frail. by our lack of uh, feeding him because you were supposed to feed him. I was very busy. We were trying to feed him on a chair because he wasn't eating in his cage. Okay, I didn't see him. To be fair, he's very small. How small? He was very small. He used to be a parakeet, but we took his brain out and we put it in a pigeon. (laughs) And then she put the pigeon inside of a crow. Yeah. It's gross. It's disgusting. Anyway, it's as Frankenbird. It's like turducken. The brain of a parakeet inside of the body of a pigeon inside of the body of a crow. It's like a scientific turducken. Yes. (laughs) It's it's horrifying. Listen, if if you're remaking a body, it needs a lot more muscles than if it was an original body that you started with. Okay. Have you seen a turducken? It's delicious and terrifying. Frankenstein is actually three guys. It's a chicken, right? Yes. But this is like a pigeon and a canary and something, something. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster was like a Russian nesting dolls of guys. It's like a little guy and a a bigger guy and the biggest guy. But Mm -hmm. long story short, you reanimated a dead bird. Chloe reanimated the dead bird and I directed it for the most part. uh, Kenzie was very uh, instrumental in getting this all to work. Uh, she made a lot of glittery files. I mean, glittery um, files. I applied for funding. Yeah, she applied for funding. Mom. The she glittery files were essential. They were they essential. essential. There's a lot of work with um with like nail polish. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of work with um like and learning how to look good. Like it's one thing to come up with an idea, and it's of another how to, to present it. Yeah, you gotta look good, and your hair. Let's be honest, was flawless before I got to you. Right, and after, after it was after. He- it was just amazing. Yeah, before it was flawless, after it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is better, in case you didn't know. Yeah, amazing is know. better than flawless. Yeah, I didn't know that. Hey, Beyonce, just yeah, Jesse. So, after Bumbershoot, I hear you're at uh, the Pocket Theater on September seventeenth. September seventeenth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be there mm-hmm. for and Sketchfest. Sketchfest. Yeah, I hear cause... some uh, weird sci-fi stuff's gonna happen in that episode. Uh oh. Um. Yeah, Hopefully. I don't know anything about that. If there's any weird science fiction stuff, it's Chloe. It's not me. Oh, um, it was just yeah. The you're incidental. like the dark arts, and Chloe's like science fiction. Well, she's more like science fact because she's just making science happen. The dark arts happen when I'm around, and that's that's. It's super weird, but I feel like there's a real reasonable explanation for it. Like like magnets. I want to believe. How would you explain magnets? How would I? Yeah. I mean, w- they're black and sticky. Yeah. And sometimes they want to stick and sometimes they don't. Like my last the alley cat that mm-hmm. you found. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was gross. It didn't want to stick. It, was, it repelled us. It was what did you try to stick to the alley cat that you found? <laughs> he was black and he was non-sticky. And I was like, okay, if we're going to have an alley cat, he's got to be black and sticky. Uh, yeah. We That's tried to hold rule. him. I mean, no, it's just science. This isn't like personal. It's science. It's science. That's just the way it is. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you've reanimated a dead bird, so I do believe you when you tell me stuff about science. You should. I do. Yeah. Chloe's pretty smart. Also, Kenzie, will you go to the annual Delta Omega Fall Enchanted Evening to remember Spectacular with me? Ugh, fine. Wait, hang on. I feel like you have a boyfriend. B-Rad? Yeah. Uh, you could just go as friends. But you also... Go as friends. But, but, but actually, but Kenzie's going as my friend. Yeah, but I think I could have a couple boys with me. So okay. what you're saying is you have a boyfriend and you're going with your friend, but also you could come as well. I can come as well, but this, I don't want this hat is Chad. not. Can I go hot chat? Exactly I go what hat I had. No, hoped I don't for. want hot chat coming. What did you hoped for? 
I had hoped. I'd hope for some alone time with Kenzie. I'm mm. gonna be honest. That's not the way I roll. Mm. Yeah, Kenzie doesn't roll alone. I don't roll alone ever. Mm-mm. I make Chloe watch me while I sleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Chloe, your favorite sci-fi is The Muppets. Kenzie, what's your favorite sci-fi? I don't like sci-fi. It's boring. It's stupid. Geeks like it. <laughs> what do you like? TV shows that make sense. Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Anything with girls after it? Yeah. Or girls. girls. Just girls. What does trust stand for? Oh. <laughs> the uh, Rack. rack. Ah, uh, that's rack is in the Nordstrom rack. Uh, the Nordstrom rack, and ah uh, is as in, in the letter A. The a the it's the most, most famous letter of the alphabet. Famous, the most powerful letter. They made twenty five more. They didn't have to. They didn't. They could have stopped at one. Absolutely. Just a bunch of A's. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know that. that I was, just uh, really. Just to know. Yeah. I thought I just assumed you knew, or I would have told you, because it's actually kind of important. At the top, it's really important. It's yeah. the most important. Yeah. Thing. Well, I'd say thank you to Lindsay and Randy, but they are gone. They're yeah, gone. they left. They're yeah. drunk. They're super drunk. It's really embarrassing. And they passed out <laughs> on the sidewalk. It's gross. It's really gross. Do you want to say anything for Lindsay and Randy to say goodbye to the uh, podcast listeners? Um, they, um, they just want to say like, 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 sorry and you're welcome. <laughs> sorry and you're welcome. Keep it real. Yeah. Um, hang in there, guys. Yeah. You'll amount to something someday. Maybe. Maybe. If you follow our cool fashion advice yeah seriously Brandy's mm. not looking good Brandy looks okay not great let's be yeah. honest Lin- uh, Lindsay <laughs> needs to do her laundry that's a thing um, yeah get it together seriously I, I, I'd whispered that in her ear how about how about advice for me advice yeah for, is there anything that Jesse Mercury would like to say to Jesse Mercury you need to keep it more real I need to keep more real a little bit how oh. real am I now like a four you're like a four out, out of what a hundred Jesus what can i do to be more real more um, podcasts with us yeah probably that like um, at least 96 more okay more podcasts mm-hmm. that's also like doable. just kenzie and chloe are uh-huh are you know 96 more favorite things also like more makeup yes. yeah i'm not wearing any makeup i know right. yeah that's part of the problem which Men is like wear makeup yeah it's a little bit in a subtle way not enough to like know but like if you know you know but yeah. if you don't, if you're not looking for it, you're not going to know. Yeah. Do you know? Like, you can be know. like, Chloe, your boyfriend, his eyebrows look really nice. And then she would just, like, give me a look and be like, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. That's all you got to say. Exactly. Oh. Or like, oh, wow, his, like, his skin just looked like a sheet of paper. Like, like yeah. Is that good? Yeah, and no pores. No, no pores. pores. Flat. 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 Dry. 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 Yeah. Like a robot. Like a robot. Interesting. Uh, I, it, it, there is lots of men out there. Yeah. And they all work for Amazon. <laughs> what about B-Rad? How's B-Rad? He's healthy. That's Kenzie's boyfriend. Kenzie's boyfriend, B-Rad. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he's healthy. And is he's, he happy? He's happy and he is shopping right now. I think he's... he's what is she shopping for? He's at um, Big Sports sports Store. He's buying a, an inflatable boat. <laughs> for what? For inflating it. Is he going to take his truck? Yes. Is Do you he want gonna... to borrow his truck again? Yeah, kind of. And then leave him stranded at the Starbucks in Issaquah? Um, like you did last time? Yeah. I called him a lift. I don't have a lift account. <laughs> but I did try. 
Cause his like, legs are a lot longer than my legs, so I feel like it's only fair that yeah. I borrowed his truck. They're like three inches longer. Yeah. <laughs> it was like something was just worked out between the two of you and just looked at me like it was done. It was yeah, like, it is. It was great. We're paying you for this this time. In pad tie. In pad tie. In pad tie. Yeah. In pad time. To be in your pad this time. In your pad <laughs> tie. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah. If you had a tie in your pad, it would be a pad tie. <laughs> in the stars would be a pad tie fighter. <laughs> if you had a tie that was made out of pads, it would be a pad tie. That's pretty good. <laughs> if you had a tie and then you stuck a bunch of pads to it, it would also be a pad tie. Be a pad tie. Still. Uh-huh. And if you sit on your computer, it would be a mouse pad tie. <laughs> and... It was a sleeping pad, and you made a tie out of it. And it was like a crisscross pattern. <laughs> it was like a plaid tie. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, We're going to pay you in plaid tie. Just plaid like. tie. <laughs> and Jesse's like, I don't like plaid tie. We're like, wear it. Do you, would you like it if it was a plaid bow tie? Do you like plaid bow ties? Tie. I would wear that. Cool. Do you have a plaid bow tie? I do not. Oh. Do, do you have a pad me? tie? Plaid tie? Do you have a plaid tie? Do you have a plaid tie, bad tie? <laughs> plaid tie. I don't. We're buying a plaid Which tie. one? Which one don't you have? I don't have either. Buy me both. Okay. I'm no, not, I'm just going to... I'm going to borrow... Boat. Do you think B-Rad would let me borrow his boat? He doesn't have a boat. Yeah, he does. It's inflatable. Oh, right. He hasn't inflated it yet. That's why I didn't remember. Because it doesn't count. Because right now, it's just a... He's still blowing it up. It's just a big old He pet. just texted me. Oh, I got a text from him. Bing. We got this bag. It's just a bag until you blow it up. Oh, men are weird. Did men you know that? Weird. I didn't. I didn't know that. Men are weird. It's fine. It's okay. It's They're weird. like weird. Gross. Hot Chad's all right. He's weird. No. I don't know. I feel like he just like gets it. He always carries his skateboard around. Because he doesn't know when he has and to go like, fast. He's like 30. He's not like 30. He's like 28. Skateboarding he's, is the music of the streets. He has really good skateboarding. It's so loud. Do you know how cool musicians are? Yeah. Sorry, I'm still stuck on skateboarding as the music of the streets. It's super cool, and it is the music of the streets. I don't understand why you're crying. Chloe, <laughs> you need to date someone within a two-week age parameter area. That's not a lot of people. How That's do right I? Know, how do you know, though? Like, Is that coming on too strong to like meet someone, and then they like kind of hit on you, and then you're like, hey, what is your birthday and year? When is that? And then be like, hang on, let me think about that for a second. And then be like, yeah, And they're okay. 13 days out? What if they're 17 no. days out? Uh, no. Why not? Gross. Yuck. How, okay, how old is B-Ride compared to how old are you? He is five minutes younger than me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Wait, were you guys born in the same hospital? No. Oh. Where was he born? On a haystack. You know that. That's yeah. why I follow you girls around. Just captivating. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Jesse's our musical accompaniment for life. He is our music. Yeah. He has the keys to our apartment. Do you, do you guys like sit around your apartment and just like riff as Kenzie and Chloe all the time. I, I don't know what riffing is and it sounds scary. Yeah. But we talk like a lot. It's a disease. We talk a lot. We talk constantly we're because we've, we're like figuring things out and yeah. like making plans and like we know about the world and we've got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're my famous person. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. I'm the president of your fan club and I live in your house. Thank you. And you know what, Chloe? You are also my biggest fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh my god. I love that about you. Yes. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Whew. Oh yeah. 
Well, this has been a different type of episode. <laughs> this is still science fiction, technically. Yeah. I have to say that I'm just like sitting here and watching you guys make up this entire universe. It's kind of amazing. I don't really know what you mean when you say make up an entire universe, but um, yeah, it's I agree when you say map. the word amazing. But anyway, like, thank you so much. Like, thank this you. This has been a real delight. I don't want to stop this conversation, but I will stop recording it. Uh, you should. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna get Kenzie and Chloe after dark. It's gonna get weird. Well, it's Try been it. uh, it's been absolutely lovely having the two of you here. Thank, thank you. It's been you. lovely. It's been nice being here. Thank you, Jesse. Thank Come you so see much. us, Bumbershoot. Yeah, we'll be performing Bumbershoot September the Pocket 7th. Theater, September seventeenth. The seventeenth. Yeah. And then uh, Lindsay yeah. slash Chloe mm-hmm. is moving to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, Chloe's um, Chloe's moving uh, away to go to MIT. In Boston. Yeah. yeah. She's studying science. I'm mad. MIT MIT MIT. or is this? MIT. A, no, MIT. MIT. It, that's how it's spelled, but okay. it's pronounced MIT. Okay. MIT. I didn't know that. Yeah. I told her that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still angry. I'm. Um, thank you so much for telling me that because it would have been really embarrassing to get there and be like, say MIT. And people it's, I'm so like, excited what? to be at MIT, and then people are like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Sorry, admit." Mit. And they're like, "Oh, right, right." I admit that you're. Cool. I don't want to look like a noob. But we'll we'll miss you terribly. But we got a couple more adventures before you. Oh yeah, I'll be back. Yeah. For summer, and for fall breaks. Winter. Spring spring break. Spring Actually, break. for spring break, I want to go somewhere warm. <laughs> Portland. Yeah, like Portland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. I'm here with uh, Kenzie Kensington, Chloe Bluntserhurst. Bye. 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 And, uh, Bye. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. Okay, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. As promised, here is the brand new collaboration between myself and Kenzie Kensington and Chloe Bluntserhurst called Be Cool. It's basically a public service announcement on how to be cool. You're going to learn a lot. Uh, it's groovy as fuck. And here we go. Um, um, excuse me, everyone. We're here to talk to you about science. The science of being cool. Check it out. Listen hard. Take notes, please. Nice. Don't cap your pencil. It's annoying. But seriously, you're going to want to take some notes. Okay, guys? Walking down the street and you want to look good. Be the hottest girl in the neighborhood. All the ladies say, I don't know what to wear. KNC will help you with your clothes and your hair. White tights, cute skirt, jean jacket, make it work. If you want to be on top, then you got to be cool. Ignore our advice, you'll just look like a fool. Hanging at a party and you want to stand out. Your best friend is bored and she's starting to pout. Oh my god, the cutest boy is looking your way. KNC will tell you what to do and to say. Tap your phone, have a smirk, roll your eyes, make it work. If you wanna be on top, then you gotta be cool. Ignore our advice, you'll just look like a fool. Too long. We gotta bust some moves, cause we've got to show. KNC to teach you 
how to dance like a pro. Shake your hips, go berserk. Jesse, sing now.